Like if a legend comes say, hey man, I believe in you. I believe I can win a championship with you. I'm like, sure. I asked the question. This ain't your team. This is my team, little man. And we had the pleasure of watching you guys dominate for year after year after year. Because what is money? But money's not enough. It takes more than money. When I'm playing, I'm, I'm on that court. You can't outplay me because if you are, you're taking my mother's house away. Well, damn, they kill you before I let you take my mother's wow. house away. The mindset of Kobe, how different was his? It was alien, like, oh, I got LeBron, Kobe. No, you can't, but you can be Shaq's can't get the crap out of you. You're done. So he was big on affirmations, constantly yes. feeding you. He said, if you listen to me, all your dreams will come true, and I'll make you the best big man ever. I'm a living legend, lethal weapon. You might be Kobe, but I'm the Shaq. <laughs> Sincerely, how many of you are like diehard Laker fans? Diehard. Really? Really? Okay. Now, how many, don't just say it just to say it. How many of you are diehard Shaq fans? I am. I am. So, the moment we've all been waiting for, okay? It's been a minute since the last time we had to sit down to today. So, let me properly introduce the next man I'm allowed to bring up. He and I had a chance to have a conversation on the back together. His resume may be one of the best resumes in all of America. Let me explain this to you. He may be living one of the best lives any human being has ever lived once I explain to you what he's done. So on one end, when we think about the NBA, he is a 15-time NBA All-Star, MVP, three-time Finals MVP, two scoring titles, should have been one if it wasn't, should have been three if it wasn't for the Clippers, one of only three players ever to win the season MVP, All-Star MVP, Finals MVP in the same season. The other two were Willis Reed and Michael Jordan. Nobody else had ever done that before. Outside of that, when it comes down to business, he owned 155 Five Guys. Anybody's been to Five Guys? 155. That's 10% of all the franchises. He owned 17 Auntie Ann pretzels. Anybody knows Auntie Ann's? Krispy Kreme, Cityplex 12, Big Chicken Restaurant in Vegas. I have to say because we're in Vegas. Reportedly owns 40 24-hour fitnesses, 150 car washes, four-time NBA champion. The man's got a bachelor's degree, an MBA, a doctrine. He became a cop. I was there the day he became a cop. He may not remember this. And not only that, outside of all the stuff we talked about, in 2012, Sports Illustrated recognized him as a Father of the Year Award. With that being said, please help me bring up the one and only Shaquille O'Neal. You know what? I have to commend you. Of course, I've seen you on Instagram. 
you know, we had our interactions on Instagram, but I didn't know it was like this. So I commend you for the great job. I appreciate you. you. I nice. appreciate you. Thank you. This is this is insurance. This is an insurance company. Yes. This is insurance. Wow. Yes. Is the general in the house? Is the general for in the house? For a great low rate, you can get online. Go, no, no general in the house? Okay, all right. Not that type of insurance. <laughs> How are you, sir? It's great to have you. Truly, it's Thank great you. to have you. We've had, um, we've had James Ward here before. We've had Magic Johnson. We've had the late Kobe Bryant. And now to top it off, the only one we were missing, truly, to top it off was you. So we appreciate you for coming out. Once again, make some more for Shaq being here with us. So, Shaq, can I, grab seats, folks, if you could. Can I, can I thank the man that's responsible for me coming? Sure. Dylan, where you at, Dylan? <laughs> Dilly boy, come here, Dilly. Come here, Dylan. Dylan got in my DM. He asked me to come, so I'm here. Thank you, brother. He's saying thank you. Go Give me a me. hug. <laughs> Love you, too, Dylan. Appreciate what do you want to do? You, you want to sit here? Uh, you can sit here. It's the first time anyone's sitting on the stage with me. You'll be the first one. So, Shaq, you know, there is, I've been looking around. 15,000. Yeah, 15,000. But I've been looking around. How many of you guys have seen the big elephant in the room? Anybody has spotted the big elephant in the room or no? I think everybody's here to see the big elephant. Did you see the big elephant in the room or not yet? Who, Charles Barkley? <laughs> Charles, you here, Charles? So, I think... It's, I got a bunch of questions I want to go through with you, but I think it's fair to just get it out there. Shaq, I asked, I asked a question. I studied the game, mm. and it just never changed. Technical question here. Who would Shaq be if he had your work ethic? He'd be the greatest of all time. On the stage, late Kobe Bryant. A man I love, respect, a man you ran with, and we had the pleasure of watching you guys dominate the league for year after year after year, okay? You came in to, I want to say the Lakers, the day they signed you. I may be wrong on the day, July 28, 96 or something like that when yeah. they signed you. We actually came in the same day. Same day, that's right, same because day. Jerry told you, I got this kid that's coming out. Right. And, you know, the $120 million contract they're talking about, he was bringing this guy... Terrible trade, by the way. Vlade Divac would have been a great center for the Lakers. If it was a good stayed. trade for us. Yeah, it was a very good trade for the Lakers. But I asked the question from Kobe, and that was picked up on social. They talked about it on first take, Stephen A., a lot of different places. I, I said, who would have Shaq been if he had your work ethic? And I can answer that. Please. I would have been Shaq. I mean, Kobe... Kobe was a beast. Nobody worked harder than him. But I think you can find success in many ways. You know, for me, I had to, eight hours of work, eight hours of business, eight hours of family. See, Kobe was just getting married, getting to his family. I'm already four kids in. So after I put in my two, three hours of work, now I have to be daddy. Now I have to be husband. Now I have to take care of business. And mentally, I'm so strong, I don't need to work out for these bums anyway. That's what I'm thinking. So, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it, I think it would have been a, a better question if we, we'd have no championships, no MVPs, and I would have been an absolute familiar. But the resume you just read, that was a hell of a resume, sir. It's a hell of a resume. You can't question that. I'll take it. Yeah, it's a great resume. By the way... For, from, from your perspective, because you've uh, played alongside, I don't know, Garnett, Nash, Pierce, Allen, LeBron, Wade, uh, Malone, Peyton, Kobe. You've ran with a lot of people. You work with a lot of people. So you, we read about it as fans. We're not in it. We're not in it to see what's going on. And, you, you know, Wade's a winner. Garnett's a winner. Pierce is a winner. Allen's a winner. You know, LeBron's a winner. Kobe's a winner. The mindset of Kobe, how different was his from everybody else? It was alien-like. When he was 18, he used to be in the locker room dribbling and shooting without the ball for hours. <laughs> and then you see him practice the same move on the court. 
Like he was obsessed with being the best ever. I was obsessed with being the most dominant. He was obsessed with being the best ever. And sometimes you sacrifice a lot of things and he did. All he did was work out. All he did was work all out. All he did was work out. And I knew all he did was work out, so I used to push his buttons all the time because I knew I knew what I was going to give you. I knew if I could have somebody else that can give similar and more, I was definitely going to win. So I was always the guy that presses buttons. The audience thought that it was a personal thing. We hated each other, but no, it was me and my leadership style and what I chose to do to get him to perform at a higher level. How would you do that? What was your style? I press his buttons. How would you press it? Tell us. I press his buttons and say, this ain't your team. This is my team, little man. <laughs> you might be Kobe, but I'm the Shaq. And it would, just, it would just eat him up inside. And I would see that. And I would use that. Notice how out of all our interactions, Phil Jackson never intervened. You know why, right? Why is that? Because you got two animals going at it. And his only request was on the court, make sure you play as one. And, you know, that's what we did. So. Was, was there ever a meeting? That I, I don't know where I read this. Was there ever a meeting between you guys? Uh, you like this, don't you? It feels good? Okay. Was there ever a meeting with you guys where Phil told you guys, brought you guys in? Dylan, do me a favor. Stop, buddy. Did Phil ever bring you guys in and say, um, you guys have big egos, but I got a bigger ego than you? Did he ever do anything no, like that? He, or no, he never said anything because, you know, he, he, did, he didn't want to tame us. You got one guy averaging... 30, 32, you got another guy averaging 29, you got two guys chasing each other. He didn't want but to tame you. He didn't want to tame us. They're on the same team. When, when you and Kobe did the interview, Kobe said, you know how Phil would go in interviews and make comments to get under our skins and it would piss us off and we would fight each other and eventually we would unite. Was that pretty common with Phil? Was that his style? All the time. He, he would mess with me and I would mess with Kobe. So what was one way he messed with you? What is Phil's style of messing with you? He would just, you know, say something like, you're not ready. And I'd be like, well, I can't be ready if this guy's shooting all the shots. So he would say something to me and I'd throw it right back. <laughs> Genius work. So he would steer the pot. Yeah. Did all you, the time. Did you ever have a moment of friction with Phil where you no. kind of needed to have a conversation with him? or No, because, you know, coming from a disciplinary, my, my father was a drill sergeant. And I understand your military, but wasn't allowed to talk back. Wasn't allowed to be afraid. Wasn't allowed to make excuses. So whatever I put my mind to, I had to get it accomplished or else. And, you know, even though I was a, a, a professional making a lot of money, I still had that mentality that if I don't get this done, I'm going to get in trouble by my father. And I never wanted to get in trouble by my father. So always, you know, did, did, did things a certain way. You know, I, uh, absolutely. I watch you, I watch you when, you know, on one end there's a video of you and your sons, you're DJing and you're up there, they're dancing, you're dancing with them, you're doing all this stuff. And then on another side, hey, this is my money, you gotta make your own money. And then you talk marriage, you talk raising kids, you talk all these values and principles. What were some of the things your dad raised you with that stuck till today? What were some of the things that's a check you can't do this. This is what we stand for as a family. This is what it takes to be a leader. What were some of those values and principles? First word he taught me was honor. Make sure you honor yourself in a certain way. Make sure you honor your family. Second word he taught me is respect. Doesn't matter that I make this much and you make that much. I'm not better than you. You respect the man as a man. You respect the woman as a woman. Last thing he taught me was, last thing he taught me was dignity and pride. Walk up, head up high. You're tall, you're doofy, you're clumsy, but that's okay. One day you're going to be the greatest. So all these things. And he also taught me charity. You know, I always tell this, this, this charity story. One day he got some extra money, and he, he came in the house. said, let's go get something to eat, big man. Now keep in mind when I say get something to eat, it's not a sit-down restaurant. It's White Castle. In White Castle, we got any White Castle fans? So... He gets six double cheese, and I get six double cheese, and we couldn't finish them. And on the way home, we see a sign, homeless guy, will work for food. So my dad pulls over, and I'm upset. I'm like, hey, man, why are you giving them? Shut up. Yes, sir. So he's sitting there talking to the, to the guy, and he has a tear in his eye because same way I feel today. When I'm riding around, I see homeless people, and that just hurts my heart. It really does. Like, I wish I had the answer to fix all homelessness around all the world. 
So he had a tear in his eye. He had a tear in his eye and he said, you know, he always used to call me big man. He said, big man, if you ever make it someday and you can help somebody in need, make sure you help somebody. So that's always stuck with me. So every charitable thing I, I do, I would like to get credit, but I, I, it was just things that I was taught from my mom and dad when I was Dylan's age, young age. Uh, by the way, you brought up Dylan's age, which uh, those values are incredible values that, you know, many of the parents here also uh, talk about. How many guys have seen videos of Shaq going out there buying wedding rings and all this other stories? You know, it's so charitable. You can't see your stories. We're in the back about to meet with Shaq. We're in the back about to meet with Shaq. We're waiting because he made a kid's day for Make-A-Wish. He's out there meeting Shaq, walks out, and the lady asks, how was this? He says, I can't even believe this just happened. This kid is saying, he walked out the door. This just happened five minutes before me hitting the stage. But Shaq, he's eight years old, okay? I read somewhere, I don't know if this is true or not. I read somewhere that when you were born, you were seven pounds, 13 ounces. But when you were 10 years old, you were 6'4 with size 17 shoes. Is that true? I don't think I was that big. <laughs> hey, Shaq, not Barkley. <laughs> no, I was, yes, I was seven. But when I was 10, no, when I, I became, I became a seven footer at 14, sophomore year in high school. That's crazy. Yes, sophomore year in high school. Still didn't make the team. Had size 18 shoe. Had Monday, Wednesday, Friday jeans. Uh, had different shirts. Uh, got bullied a lot. Then I had to get tough, and I turned into a bully. And I started playing basketball. And, you know, my father just kept pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. And then, you know, this was around 83, 84, where the no pass, no play rule came out. So I tried to test my father's theory one time. and didn't pass, and he wouldn't let me play. That devastated me. So I really started focusing on academics then. Wasn't the smartest guy, but, you know, just enough to comprehend and, you know, get me by. And, and from then on, you know, my father pulled me to the side one day and said, if you listen to me, I can make you the best big man ever. So I started listening to him. and He would, t- he would, tell, he would say that to you? Yes, he would say So he was big on affirmations, constantly yes, feeding you? Yes. And, and he, so when he says, if you listen to me, what is he saying? Listen he, to what? He said, he said, if you listen to me, all your dreams will come true, and I'll make you the best big man ever. And I had to listen to him anyway because uh, he was a drill sergeant. And... He had a twin brother named Belt. His twin brother named Belt, so I had to listen to him both, <laughs> or else. So it was yes sir, no sir, and everything he told me to do, I, I did it. And then when things started coming true, I was like, wow. So like, when I meet little kids now, they, how do you do this? How? I say, listen to your mommy and daddy. It's the first thing, forget all that other stuff that, you know, work 50 hours in the gym. No, listen to mommy and listen to daddy and then start from there. I love that, I love that. I don't want to discount the way you just kind of hovered over. Yeah, I was seven feet tall and I would get bullied all the time. And then until I became a bully, who would bully you? Girls. Girls would bully you. Okay. <laughs> I think there's one right there. Is that you, Monica? No, that's not Monica. I had this girl, Monica, she used to beat me up all the time. Seriously. Uh, Give me those cupcakes. You're a Monica. Yeah. Yeah. True story. Don't I, tell anybody. Yes, true story. Truly, Monica would bully you. Oh, uh, Monica would beat my butt every day. Would, would any guys bully you? Oh, no guys. Just girls. Got, got it. So no, no guys. No, no guys. Guys never bully you. So no. when, when did you have the killer instinct? So, for example, you know a lot of times... I got four kids. We got guys here that are nationwide. We run offices from, you know, Chicago, Texas, Florida, LA, all across the country, including Puerto Rico. And then you look at certain guys as- Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico's up in the house. Puerto Rico. No question about it. like Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, me amo el padrino negro. (laughs) Dame besos, dame besos. Mamita linda, mamita linda. That's all I know. That's all I know. Uh, we know who he's going to be with later on tonight. It's going to be Puerto Rico meeting after the meeting. But, but no, so, so you know how you kind of look at somebody and you say, does this guy, do they have a killer instinct or not, right? Do you think from your experience, and by the way, you know, 
sometimes some answers are not the answers somebody wants to hear. I'm actually really curious to know what you think about this. Is somebody born with killer instinct that just, they're, they're going to dominate, they're going to compete, they're fierce? Or do some people, like, did you see anybody you played with that eventually developed that killer instinct? Yeah, his name was Kobe Bryant. Because when he first came in, his first two years, he was, well, he was an NBA player, but it's not to that second, third year that he became Kobe Bryant. I was similar in high school. I would always shoot jumpers. I'd always shoot jumpers. So, true story. One time, and I, only, I played high school ball two years, only lost one game. So one game, I got 49 points at the end of three quarters. We up by 30. I'm working on my dribble moves. I finger roll and miss. My father walks on the court in his uniform, looking sharp, shoes shine, call a timeout. Dad, we in the middle of the game. Call a timeout. Yes, sir. So he takes me outside. What are you doing? And, you know, I'm, I'm a high school All-American, so I'm starting to feel myself get cool. Yo, man, I'm working on my doctor. Whoosh, smack in front of everybody. Ain't no Dr. J. B. Shaq. So now, because remember, when you're with a drill sergeant, you're not allowed to cry. But I'm pissed. So now I said, okay, this is what you want me to do? So I just started dunking. That's why when I dunked, I was trying to kick and I was trying to tear the rim down. And then when I started doing that, I started seeing opponents go like this. And I was like, oh, my God, he's right again. So killer instinct is killer. Like, look, I, I'm not a mean guy. But on the court, I know what I got to do to make you go, uh, and that's all I wanted to do. So when I dunk, I get my knees up. I talk about your mama. I, out, <laughs> I do all that crazy stuff. It's called intimidation. So I was the, I was the king of uh, uh, intimidation. Were you also smack talker? Were you a big smack talker? Of course. Who'd you like, who'd you enjoy talking smack to? Everybody. Everybody. Was uh, there anybody that you kind of avoided talking smack to because if you did, yeah. your spirit got bigger and they wanted to beat you or? Michael Jordan. You don't want to mess with God. <laughs> you got to stay away from Mike. Leave that man alone. Now, I remember, you know, a couple of things. Like I have a selfish question for myself. There's no benefit for these guys from the question I'm about to ask you. What happened in that game? You guys are playing Detroit. You're going up. I think it's Lambeer or somebody holds you. Then you turn around. You're trying to get your hands up. You guys are up 86. I don't know what the score was. And then Alvin Robertson's trying to hold you. I'm watching this game live. And you turn around. You say, take your hands off. And he says something to you. And then wham, wham, you hit him twice on the face. What did he say to you? I don't remember that game, sir. <laughs> I have no idea what you... Hey, man, there's kids in here, man. <laughs> They're trying to learn to kill her instinct. I'm a role yeah. model. They're trying to learn no, to kill her instinct. Look, it's... So my thing, like, like, like even now, people... Oh, you're so successful, you do this, you make this. It's not about that for me. My sole dream was to be able to buy my mother anything she wants, even to this day. That's why I work hard, right? So, like all the stuff you said I own is cool, but it was my mom's birthday, and she don't even like Louis purses. I said, come, let's take a ride, and you know, the bag, 2000. No, baby, don't buy that. Get two of them, mom. Like, that right there is, is what being wealthy and successful is for me. So when I'm playing, I'm, I'm on that court, you can't outplay me, because if you are, you're taking my mother's house away, and I can't have that. So I will damn near kill you. Powerful. I will damn near kill you before I let you take my mother's wow. house. Wow. So, so, so when, I'm, wow. when I'm inside those lines. Unbelievable. When I'm inside those lines, yeah. it's, it's nothing anybody can do, ever. Favorite person you ever faced off? Favorite person you enjoy playing against over and over again? Like you wanted to prove a point? Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, Elijah Wan, Alonzo Moore, all the greats. Because when I was Dylan's age, I was also a medium-level juvenile delinquent. So I was always on punishment a lot. But luckily, I have a TV, right? And every Saturday, karate movies would come on. And they're all the same. But basically, at some point, the student must kill the master to become the master. So if I'm coming in and you got this guy's Patrick Ewing, who's the master, okay, Patrick Ewing, here comes Shaq Fu. You got you got. You got Barkley, who's supposed to be mad. Like, I'm, I, like, I'm trying to get all these guys because I want their spot. I want what they have. So, 
You know, I always tell people I live a karate kid sort of life. Everything that I went through has prepared me for now. Like I'm able to just right now just sit down and stop time. I was I was having a conversation with my one of my sons. He said, Dad, I made a bad choice. I said, no, son, you made a bad decision. He said, what do you mean by that? I said, if you could sit down and think about a choice and think about the consequences of that choice and you know there's ramifications if you do the wrong thing, then you made a bad decision. You made a bad decision. So, you know, I'm, I'm able right now, like, if I do this and I get caught, nah, I probably shouldn't do that. So, you know, there's a difference between, you know, making a bad choice and making a bad decision. That's powerful. Qu question for you when, when you got your, your boys you're talking to. So, you know how once you make it and you have money and, you know, you got all these businesses, lifestyle is good, you're, you're going to be a billionaire, you're on your way to becoming a billionaire, everything's grown for you, you're all over the place, your Q score is high, everybody wants to have you do stuff with them. And, and then you look at your kids and you're talking to them and... You want them to, you want to enjoy them more because you're a little bit selfish. They're like, I worked so hard so I can have them be around me. I don't want them to pay the price as much as I did. You know, I was on the road. I was doing this. I was doing that. How do you manage giving the counsel to them that they need to hear that you heard when you were 14, 15, 18 versus, look, man, I'm worth a few hundred million. I don't got to tell this guy to pay the price today. So I have two different conversations. Please. I have three daughters and I have three sons. Three sons. When you're 18, get out. Get out. Now, while you're out, you better get one degree, two degrees before you come messing with me. Like, I'm not just going to be funding stuff because you want to do it. I did to them like somebody did to me. When they turned 18, I went to the bank because I spent a million dollars in one day, and the guy gave me a book, The Dummy's Guide to Starting Your Own Business. I gave them all the same book. I said, here you go. You're a man now. Make a decision. But really? if you ever want to come mess with me, I need one or two degrees. Now, the lady is a little different. Hey, baby, you can stay as long as you want. <laughs> Love you. Sweetheart. No boys. Don't worry about getting married. And, you know, the conversation I had with my six children, I said, look, we don't need another basketball player. Your daddy's crazy. You don't need to be like me. I need a hedge fund operator. I need a CEO. I need, I, I need something else. So, uh, I don't like using these words, but I have six perfect children. I don't have any problems. One is an executive marketer for Pepsi. She already has a bachelor's. Another one has his bachelor's. He's good looking like me. He's a model. Uh, my youngest son is uh, in the G League, and I got two in college, and I got one left in high school. Then I'll be done. <clears throat> Uh, while we're while we're on this topic, hold on. What is that thing? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> That's nice. Is that my Puerto Ricans doing that? Oh yeah, Puerto Rico. It's it's cowbells is what it is. They're oh, cowbell. cowbells. Oh, Sacramento. They're from Texas. Yes, USA. Okay, okay, USA, USA. Hey, everybody, we're all one. <laughs> this place will go crazy any second. You lit them up. <laughs> what is that, a chant? <laughs> Everyone's got their own chance. Okay, good. <clears throat> I love it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So, so when it, when it comes down to the way your dad raised you, are you raising your boys in any different way than the way he raised you? No, it was different. Okay. He was uh, very tough on me and I can handle it. I give my kids the eye spanking. That look right there. If I give that look to my girls, they're done for a week. That look like that. And if I give that look to my boys, they know I'm not playing. Never had to spank them. Never had to touch them up. But it's, and I'm more of the, I'm more of the friend, parent, 
let the moms do the discipline. And I'm, I'm more of the, hey, you can't do this, don't do that. And I like, because remember, I'm already not with them because I'm working out and I'm not with them because I'm in business meetings. I'm not with them because I'm here over here buying companies. I'm not with them because I'm doing this. I can't come home and be the bad guy all the time. Mm. So we had a game in my house when he was at Andrew's house. It was, they knew that as soon as I come into the house, I'm not daddy, I'm dog man. <laughs> you wanna know what dog man is? As soon as I open the door, I'm a wild dog and I start chasing them. <laughs> so, uh, I, I chase like them, that. and I chase them, and I bite them, and I beat them up, and I throw them on the bed. So then, after an hour of that, then their moms have been like, "You know, he didn't do this," and I have to pull them to the side. Hey, man, you know, like I, I can't always come in and, and you know be the bad guy. So I let the moms, you know, discipline them like that. Very cool. By the way, um, you uh, uh, you came into the NBA and you did the one movie, Blue Chips. Was that the one with Nick Nolte? I think was it yes. Nick Nolte, the coach. So, who's seen that movie by the Blue Chips? I watched that movie. I liked that movie a lot. But I'm just curious, when you, when you did Blue Chips, the story is about how a coach realizes he can't compete with others unless if he doesn't pay players, right? And it's, so he's getting money from boosters to get guys, and then it's you. And I remember one time the, the Lakers did an event, and you were in there, we're walking in the locker room with you, and there's a bunch of guys there. And... Somebody asked a question, so, so what school are your kids going to go to? And you said, my kid's going to play for LSU. And you, he says, why is that? You said, because they pay the most. And that went viral. Remember that went that? viral. Yeah. I remember I was, that. Yeah. I, had to, I actually had to go to Baton Rouge and do a press conference. Did you really? Yeah. I, so, so the question for you is, so when you did Blue Chips, did you have to get approval for doing that movie? Because it exposed no. college and... Did anybody contact you saying, why are you doing this? This isn't good for the game. It happens. It's a lot of war stories that happen. My father told me, never sell your soul. Like, I, I, just, I, I could tell the story now. I was my junior year. An agent came in, said, if you sign with me right now, I'll give you a million dollars. And he had a million dollars in cash sitting right there. And I've never seen so much money in my life. But I thought about doing it, but remember I told you how I could stop time? I said, okay, if I take this money, where the hell am I hiding? That was the first thing. Where the hell am I hiding this money? And then if I take it home, my dad's gonna beat me up. Nah, I can't do it, man. You sure it's a million dollars? I said, I can't do it. I, I really can't do it. But yeah, it, it happens. Now they got this whole NIL thing. My, my thing is I always thought college should be a place of higher learning. Like, you know, I, I know there's, a, there's this whole business and, you know, you should pay players. But if you understand business, you know, the kids, they travel private. They stay in hotels. Who's paying for that? The books are paid for. The food is paid for. So they are getting paid somewhat. But if you were in real life, it would be called tax. Think about it, right? Like, you, you're getting the money, but... Other entities are getting it, you know, to take care of certain things. But, you know, there's a lot of kids who make a lot of money. I, I wish them well. But I wanted to go to college because I wanted to, you know, fulfill my parents' dreams. And I wanted to learn. I wanted to educate myself for life after basketball. Shaq, uh, by the way, I heard a story one time. Uh, tired, Dylan? Dylan wants to ask Dylan. a question. You got a question for Shaq? You want to go to the club with me? He probably would. Gotcha. <laughs> Me and you in the VIP section popping water bottles. <laughs> I got you, baby. Me and you, Dylan. Do you have a question for him? What's your question? What How many question? teams did I play for? I played for six teams. Okay. Yeah, six teams. Oh, I knew you were going to ask me the teams. Come on, Dylan. Oh. <sighs> I'm too old for this. Orlando, LA, Miami, Suns, Phoenix, Cleveland, and Boston. That's your question? I like it. And I have six children, I think. That was a joke. I only got six children. <laughs> Shaq, competitive advantage, okay? So we, we are, uh, 
in, a, in an industry that's very competitive, very, very competitive, right? So, you know, you're in a market, you're getting started, you're maybe moving to a new market, you're an insurance agent, you have a small market. First, you make the phone calls to your friends and family, and then you got to go out there and try to figure out a way to get better. If you were to say whatever applies in a, as a competitive advantage in any market, right, any industry, what's, what step would you go through for yourself to say, here's how to be extremely having an edge in an industry? What would you say to the audience here? I would say learn the market. Learn from your failures. Never repeat your failures. Work with people that are smarter than you. Listen and mentally know you're the best. If you mentally know you're the best, no one can compete with you. No, me and him had a, me and the boss man had a, he asked me a question. Shaq, there's some guys that have to make 200 calls and then there's other guys that have to make 60 calls. And I said, I really don't want to answer that question because I don't want to lead people down the wrong path, but I can say the ones that are mentally strong always get the job done and always get the, get, get it, get it done to the capacity that they need to get it done to. If it's your quota to make 200 calls, I'm not going to be in, in your office every day, but I'm going to get 200 calls in. I guarantee you that because it's my mentality. So. Awesome. <clears throat> so let's go back. Let's go back a couple questions I had with, uh, with you in regards to you and uh, when you were with the Lakers. So for me, I asked this question. I think I asked it from Stephen A. or one of the guys I was asking this question of. When it comes down to a team, when it comes down to development of a team, what matters the most? You got the ownership at the top, like a Jerry Buss, okay? You got the GM here, let's just say Cupchick or West or whoever you want to call the GM. You got the head coach. Then you have the superstar. Then you have the supporting cast. What would you say is the most important thing of building a championship team? The relationship between ownership, coaches, and the superstars. Like, I had enough power to go in there and say, I need a power forward. I'm getting doubled. When I kick it to the guy, he can't hit that shot. Go get me Horace Grant. He's having a problem with the Bulls. I need him. Boom. Hey, I play with a guy named Brian Shaw. The last guy you got here don't really know how to get me the ball. Brian Shaw's a free agent. He know how to get me the ball. We got this special thing in the corner called Shawshank Redemption. Bring me Brian Shaw. <laughs> hey, Robert Ory, he beat me in the finals. He's a four guy. He could, you know, hit that shot. He can also stretch and shoot the three. Bring me Robert Ory. Bring in Rick Fox. So the fact that we had that relationship and we had the respect for each other, I was always able to go upstairs and do that. So the relationship between the management, the ownership team, ownership. the coach, and the superstar. Yes. And do you, do you sometimes see that management and the ownership gets it wrong by not listening to the superstar? Well, like, you know how people say, well, well you know, they have LeBron's the one that put the team together with AD and Westbrook. You yeah, know, well, they'll say things like that. That's how they ran their operation. But I'm you when I was on the Lakers. I'm you. You know, when I do that and they go, hoo, 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 do it again. But the thing you do, do it. You do it. You'll, they'll no, respond no, to you. No, do it. Okay, come on. Ready, guys? On three. One, two, three. Come on. So that was me. Yeah. When I say I need something, get it done or else. But you think, well, let me ask you this before some of you guys go trying to be like a shack. You think a, you think a, uh, I don't know, let's pick somebody you played with. You think a, uh, 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 what was his name? Jack, uh, Jack Haley. Was it Jack Haley? What was the guy's name? Uh, The dancer, when you guys won the uh, championship, he would Oh, Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen. You think Mark Madsen can make a call like that? You of think course not. Of course. It's got to be the number one superstar. Which is me. Uh, absolutely. By the way, you me, think... Dylan. <laughs> you no, think... it's just respect. You know, like I was anointed to be the guy. Ever since I was little. Leader. Leader. Learn how to be a leader. I had no idea what leadership meant until I was in the, uh, was in the four seasons on Doheny one day and a guy gave me a book by John C. Maxwell. And it just talked about leadership. And I read that book and I was like, oh my God. So I just started, you know, applying those certain things and, you know, I was shacking up a, a little things. But as the leader, 
it's my job to go upstairs and be like, hey, you got me and Kobe. They're saying we the best, but eh, we've been getting swept every year. Horace Grant is, you know, I talked to Horace myself. He said he's ready to come. So can we make a move to get, not, I wouldn't go upstairs and go, give me Horace Grant, I'm leaving. I'm like, hey, we need, like we'd sit down and have conversations. And Jerry West was the best guy to have a conversation with because he hated losing, hated losing. Hated losing. Was any one and eight in the finals or one and seven in the finals? Yes. Like that, right? And I didn't know that. So we used to get swept all the time. And most of the blowback came on, on me, which I was fine with it. But just, you know, at some point I got tired of hearing it. Because Michael Jordan told me after they swept us, before you succeed, you must first learn to fail. And I just got tired of failing. So one time we got swept by the Spurs and I went in the bathroom and I ripped up all the toilets. All the urinals, there was shit flying everywhere. And, excuse my French, Dylan. It was just flying everywhere. And, and Jerry West came in there and he grabbed me and he, he was strong as hell too. And he put me up against the mirror, calm down. It's like, I'm tired of losing. He's like, you gonna get it done? I went to the finals eight times in a row before I won and lost. And I was like, and, my, and like my soul just left my body. I was like, what? I'm like, hold on, say that again? He's like, yeah, I went there eight times. You know, we could never beat the Celtics, so I didn't feel as bad, but I still had that hunger, and I was like, okay, not only am I going to do it for me, I'm going to do it for you too, Mr. West. By, by the way, but what was... Uh, J- Jerry West is a... For some of the people that are obviously newer fans, they don't know a lot about Jerry's style. What makes Jerry so unique that he's great at recruiting people away from other teams to come play? Because one is money, but money's not enough. It takes more than money. What made him such a great recruiter and maybe developer of talent? Was he in your ear? Is he coaching? Is he challenging? What was his style? One word, resume. That's Jerry West. How can you not listen to the great Jerry West? Like if a legend comes say, hey man, I believe in you. I believe I can win a championship with you. I'm like, sure. Like I, so when I was going through my negotiations with Orlando in LA, he mentioned the Lakers, but he just came out of nowhere. I was at a gentleman's club in Atlanta. True story. It's a library. Yeah. It's a library for men. Yes. Yeah. Lots is. of books. Yeah, library. So Lots I of get books, a, but the cover is not working. It's I, like ripped. But go ahead. Yeah. Because in one of my business books, they talk about negotiation. So the only thing I remember was start start your number up here. <laughs> so my number was 150. I knew I wasn't going to get 150. Yeah. But 150, let him talk me down. So I'm in Atlanta. My agent calls me at 2 a.m. Come to the, come to the hotel. So I get to the hotel, and Jerry West is up there, and he has a piece of paper. He says, I got some good news and some bad news. And I said, what's the bad news? He said, I couldn't get you that 150. And I said, what's the good news? And he showed me the piece of paper. I've never seen so many zeros in my life. And I was like, he was like, you got to sign now. I was like, okay, I'm signing. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about that. And then before, before he gave me the pen, man, I got this 18-year-old we just acquired from Charlotte. You and him going to win three, four championships in a row. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever you say. So I'm signing, but I'm like, this is Jerry West. Jerry West wants me. And the first thing he did when we got there, sitting in an arena like this, and it's dark, and we're sitting in the middle floor, and the lights come on like that. And then, dish, all the great players. And he said, listen, Mr. O'Neill, I know you like to do a lot of things, but at the end of the day, you can be up there with this kid. I mean, you can be up this kid. See, the baby's got me off. <laughs> you could be up there with those legends, or yeah. you could be a bust. So I'm there. He said that to you. Yes, he said that to me. So now I'm sitting there like, man, you believe I could be up there with Kareem and Will? He's like, yeah. He said, yeah, I, can, I, I believe it. So... Now I'm thinking about my mama's house. Think about this, I'm thinking about my career, I'm thinking about my children. Now I gotta think about that, so I was under a lot of pressure. I'm sorry, little baby, where are you? Don't you cry, you little baby. I love you, I love Shit. babies. But so so you, you're saying that. Can I see that baby? You bring that baby up? Really? Yeah, come on up. Then bring it up. Whoever the baby is, just bring it. We'll wait for you. I'll ask a question. You work your way up. Don't run up because we don't want you to fall if you're up in the bleachers all the way up. No, that baby's close. That baby's right over there. Is the baby close? Is it because of the diaper you smell it or because of the sound? Like, 
No, I don't, I don't smell it. You don't smell anything. Okay, well, I'm used to smelling because we're in diaper mode right now, but you were used saying- to change diapers? I changed, so I gotta tell you a story about this guy. So he's 18 months, okay? I'm doing a business meeting, two guys are in my office, and I'm wearing my Lakers jacket that Alexis Moody bought me, no joke. Mario's sitting here, a couple other guys are sitting, we're doing a meeting. All of a sudden, I'm, I got a bad, uh, when, people, when there's smell, I don't like it, so I'm like, I said, excuse me, can you guys take your shoes off when you're out there? Like, what are you doing? Like, this place smells. And they're like, Patrick, I promise. I said, let me see the bottom of your shoes. They show me the bottom of their shoes. I said, stand up. Why is this smell coming from here? Go do something. And then one guy was trying to be respectful. He says, you may want to look at your jacket. What happened to the jacket? I lift Dylan up. Let me tell you. Everything. He didn't have nice, anything. nice. Everything. Nice. On my jacket. So here we go. We got the baby here. <laughs> Babies love Uncle Shaq. I'm sorry. You want to go to the club too? <laughs> I could tell you. Hey, baby said now it's going to cost you $200 now. All right, love you. Love you, baby. Say love you. Say love you. She's quiet now. Beautiful baby. Thank, Thank you, Mr. Joe. Thank you. What's her name? Mia. Love you, Mia. Bye bye. There you go. <laughs> Shaq, I, I, while you were saying what you were saying, you got me thinking about something. So you said something to Brian Gumbel one time. You said, look, to me, my brand is fun or something like that. You were doing an HBO interview with Gumbel. You said, my brand is fun. And then I'm sitting, I'm like, okay, when I think about guys that came into the NBA, like human specimen, it's only a few names, right? You would say human specimen was, obviously, you're at the top. Ain't nobody above you. When you were doing LSU, 13 blocks a game, and it was insanity. Everybody was looking forward. The first big card I ever pulled uh, was your card. I flipped out. I almost lost it when I got your Stadium Club rookie card. I don't know how old I was. But you came in. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to see what this guy's going to do. 24.3 games, points a game, 13 rebounds. You were crushing everybody. But then you got Dwight Howard comes in, right? And you're like, this guy... His body, his shoulders, he can jump, Superman, all this other stuff. And he's also a fun brand. But I remember this one scene, and I want to get you, I know you're very diplomatic and you're caref careful with your words because you no, don't offend people. <laughs> Let me set this up. Excuse me, Billy. So, and I remember there was this one scene where Mitch Kupchak is in one of these uh, uh, box. I, I don't, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And I'm just, at this point, I'm sitting there saying, should we be excited about the fact that we picked up Dwight? Like, I'm trying to say whether I should be excited or not. And he says, hey, Dwight, one day your jersey could be up there with Shaq, with Wilt, with this. And I'm watching him, and I'm in the body language business. I see him getting nervous. What's the biggest difference between you and Dwight Howard? <laughs> it's a very diplomatic question here, folks. Come here, Dilly Boy. You want to know the big difference? And I, I like Dwight. I've, I've been hard on Dwight because as I was criticizing him, I was also giving him answers to the tests. See, I like criticism because remember I told you I could stop time? When you criticize, I will stop time and see if there's any truth in that criticism. Shaq's a great player, but he won't do anything until he hit the free throws. You're right. Can't be mad at that. Instead of going, shut up, I'm averaging 20 points right. on life. So I'm able to stop time and see if there's any truth in the criticism. Wow. I would criticism all the time, but also say if he averages 28-15 and bring that up to 30 in the playoffs, yeah. he's going to win. He's going to dominate. Over and over. Kept saying the whole time, but he thought I was hating. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know the difference, but when I criticize, I try to give these guys vital information, and they don't even know it because they can't get past the criticism. But by the way, you talk about Michael. You said there's only one guy that you wouldn't talk smack to, which was Michael. 
there is this scene. By the way, if you guys never seen this, whether you like follow basketball or not, I don't know which all-star game it was. So Michael says, let's go one-on-one. So you're guarding him, and he hits the shot, and he misses it. It goes off the back, so he misses it. Then you take the ball, and you're, I'm like, what happened with his footwork right there? You move, Jordan goes this way, you hit the shot. And that, and, was, and that was the unfortunate part of my game. I was so dominant that I always had to play quick and, 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 and brutally. Couldn't show that? In a hurry. Like, I, like when, I get the, when the ball is in the air, there's three or four guys coming. Like, if you played me one-on-one, I would have been able to show all that. But I Shaq, that was sick, though. Yep. That, how many guys know what I'm talking about, the way? That one, the, uh, if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. I saw the footwork. I'm like, that's an Akeem footwork right there. I'm like, you know, so, so I guess the question for you would be the following. For some of the guys that maybe they, they can apply this to themselves and their lives. You know how sometimes you're like a one-trick pony? Like, let's just say you got one clothes and that's all you use. And you never go in the lab to improve yourself or, you know, go figure out what I can improve in this area or that area. You know, what, what would you say to some people that are one-trick ponies to see if they can improve themselves every year to recreate themselves? So the one-trick pony, it's two two-part question. If you're super successful at being the one-trick pony, there's an old saying in the hood, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So now if you're a one-trick pony... If you're super successful. But now if you're a one-trick pony and it doesn't work, you got to expand your horizons. Very good point. So if I'm, if I'm playing power basketball, that didn't work. Now i got to go to finesse. Like if, if I go power, that don't work. Finesse don't work. Now i got to forget about offense. Focus on defense. Set picks, block shots. Mm. So you always have to expand because we want to maximize our potential. We want to be the best. And... You know, you could, you could play like this at a certain level, but at some point you're going to have to make that change to stay successful. Yeah, that's... that's, uh, that's is that my baby crying again? I'm sorry, she baby. This is you already, Shaq. I love you. She I know. Said, I know I'm ugly. I'm so sorry. Shaq, uh, uh, the, the name of the game of anything you do big, you're going to go through rejections and public losses. Us salespeople, when a person says no to us, two people saw us the customer, and maybe their spouse, right? When you guys lose, tens of millions of people see you losing on TV and you're written about and, you know, your friends text you, I can't believe you lost, bro, it's all good, it's going to be great, all this stuff. How do you handle public humiliation, a public loss, and rejection? Well, you have to accept the truths. Most of the time we lost, it was my fault. I accept it like a man. I don't run from it, I don't hide from it, and I know what I had to do to make sure we got to the next level. Like, I don't mind criticism, because when you grow up with a drill sergeant, everything's not nice. So I'm used to it, so I'm programmed. But my father always used to say, don't listen, don't listen to, don't, don't listen to how I say it, just listen to what I say. So when you criticize and humiliate me, I have, I'll read it. Oh, that's not true, I blow it off. If it's a little true, I try to fix the problem. That's all, because I'm not sensitive. Because you're not sensitive. No, not at all. Not at all. So, and, 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 and everyone has an opinion, and when you respect people like I do, I respect your opinion. If I don't agree with your opinion, I just sideswipe you to the right like I'm on Tinder. I don't listen to that. <laughs> I don't listen to that. Okay, that's what I said, so. You know, I just, you know, I don't, I, I try not to act like I'm better than everyone else. I'm, we're all human. Some people are up here, some people are up here, but we're all human. All human. By, by the way, you brought that up. Just out of curiosity, this could be a very short answer. Are you, 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 you said this Tinder thing a little too naturally. Do you use Tinder or no? They didn't believe it was me. No, seriously. No, I promise. I, I put in my whole name, I put on a suit, I was smiling, I was like... This ain't Shaq. Yes, it is. Meet me at the gas station. I don't meet strangers at gas stations. It was like two days on time. Yeah, I had to get off. Imagine Shaq swipes yeah. right. You're like, wait a minute, who is this guy? They did not believe it was me. I was like, it's me. Call me. No, I don't call strangers. It's me. <laughs> I put on a suit. I took a shower. I shaved. Dylan, I yes. did some push-ups so my chest would look big in the front. I was trying to get all the girls. 
Nobody wanted me, Dylan, but me and you at the club tonight, boy. <laughs> Game over, Dylan's gonna be a playboy here, watch. It happened today, August, whatever date it is in 2020. Uh, career earnings. I'm not counting your money, but I think you made $292 million in 19 years. Okay, I don't know. take. I don't okay. know. If you play today. Oh, I'll be 600 million. These that's bums. That's what I'm saying, Shaq. These if bums. You, if you honestly, if you. These bums, I'm making 600 million for two years. <laughs> I wish I was playing now. If you play today, you think uh, you're making two, 300 million a year. I'm telling you I'm making 200 a year. I actually think you'd be worth it. No, I'm telling you, that's what I'd make. Playing against these little cupcakes. Ha. Ha. I wish I was playing. I swear. Uh, so you're saying there is no, like, who's the most dominant player in the league today? Would you not put Giannis as the most dominant? Yeah. Okay. So you against Giannis, would you consider him a power forward? He's not really a center, right? I mean, would you put him at a five? Or yeah, a power forward. He's a four. So who's a, who's a strong five? Who's today? the strongest five in the NBA today? Nobody, I don't By the think. way, just out I mean, Joker. Joker's nice. He's a beast. Yeah, I, I, I like, He's I like a total beast. Yeah, I, yeah. Steph Curry is my favorite player. Yeah. I love Steph. Love Steph. Work ethic, how he plays. He plays the game the right way. His team, they move the ball. They share the ball. I love Steph Curry. Okay, I got to ask you since you brought this up. I was going to ask this question, but I'm curious to know. There's two games I want to play with you. One game is NBA draft. We're going to put a starting lineup together by positions. You're going to go first. I got second pick. NBA draft, put your starting five, yours against mine. You go first. Who's your first, uh, first pick? Players now or forever? No, all time. Kobe. You pick Kobe first? Of course. Ahead of Jordan? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, I played with Kobe. Are you being serious? I'm, I'm. Yeah. You pick Kobe over MJ. Write it down, take a picture, fax it. That's All right, Kobe. Well, you take Kobe. Yeah. I got Shaq. Okay. So Shaq's my first pick. Now I got Jordan. You would put Jordan and Kobe. You can't do that. That's 2-2. Two -two. You, you said it's my team, sir. <laughs> got your team, I got my team. Shaq. Okay, yeah. so you got Kobe and Jordan. Got Kobe and Jordan in the backcourt. All right, so if you got Kobe and Jordan, all right, if you're going to go play that game, I'll play a different game, and I'll go Akeem at four. Who? Akeem. I got LeBron at three. You're going down. All right, hang on. All right. Let me see what I'm going to do here. So you got what? You got, uh, got Jordan, Kobe, and I LeBron. I got two guards and a small forward. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, uh, no, I don't, you kind of have, no. I got to get somebody long and... I'll go KD at three. KD? At three. I'll go, nah, need a power forward. At center, I'm gonna go the late, great Bill Russell. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna go at, I can switch them one or two, but I'll go Steph Curry. Ooh. And at my four, I'm going with. I'm going with Carl Malone at the four. You got Malone? Really? Holy moly, what do I have left? I got two, right? I can switch them up. I can put Durant at you, two. You ain't going to win a game. No, I am. It's going to be tough. I'm going to win a game. Good luck coming through, though. Huh? You can't come through me. What are you talking about? I got Shaq in the key. Bro, I got LeBron, Kobe. No, you can't. But you can't. But Shaq's and Mike, the crap out of you. You're done. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you're done. All right, so I'm gonna probably mix it up, and I'm gonna get some defense. I'm gonna get some defense because I don't need to score at this point. Okay. I'm gonna get Dennis Rodman for defense. I'm mixing it up. You can't make that look. I'm thinking I win. By the way, let's see what they say. You're the pro. I'm the amateur. You're the pro. I'm the amateur. How many guys say? His team beats my team, make some noise. They like you more. Oh, how many guys say my team beats his team? This is embarrassing. I picked Shaq, you're not rooting for him. No, you right? picked Dennis Rodman. That's who you no. picked. <laughs> That's who you picked. Who? Durant is a good player, but I don't know if he sees Durant as... So by the way, who's, your top, who's in your top five? No. Who's in your all time? Who's in your top five? That's... That's, that's hard to do. Eras. 
I don't put myself in my top I five. I thought you though. said you're not diplomatic. I thought no, I'm not, but it's just it's just hard to do. Like, do you put MG at the top? Like, for example, like it's disrespectful. Like you you hear people say Magic and Bird, you didn't have them on the list. That's 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 blasphemy. Not to have those guys on the but list. But you didn't either, though. I was just going off of what you picked. <laughs> but, you picked so Kobe and MJ. I, I can do it by errors, but I can't do it all the time. Okay. I, can't, I can't do it. Okay, so today, who's the best today? Oh, Steph Curry. Well, Steph Curry, LeBron. You uh, put Steph ahead of LeBron today? Well, man, I don't want to get in that debate. I, but listen, Steph is the champ, so he's in charge. Yeah. You got LeBron, you got KD, you got Kyrie. You know, you got, you know, you got a bunch of names that you can throw out. Dame Lillard is on that list. The Joker's on that list. Giannis, yes. So, you know, it's, you know, it's just so many. Last thing here before we wrap up. I got 44 seconds with you. And I asked this from Kobe as well. It's crazy. I feel like the interview was yesterday with uh, Kobe. We're having a conversation. Um, I'm teaching a class. How many of you guys remember the Dallas PHPU, the first one where Ricky got up, he was an FA? Who remembers that event? You guys remember that event? What most of you guys don't know is I'm teaching, and that's Kobe's last game ever, okay? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Teak, I got to get out of here, man. I, I want to get the last five minutes of uh, So we finish up. I don't know what time it was we finish up. I get in the car, and I'm flying to the house with Paulette. We get back. I get the last five minutes. You're sitting on the floor. And you're saying, go for 40, you know? because yeah, that's what I always used to do. I used to come and be like, hey, man, I'm tired today. I need you to give 40. He'd say, okay. Hey, man, I went to a club last night. I'm not doing it tonight. You do it. <laughs> True story. So I was, I was able, like, he, he had that type of motor. So I, I told him to give 40. He's like, nah, man, I'm not going for it. He ended up getting, what, 50, 60? 60 points. Yeah. That, that's, and, like, so if I... Probably only pull that trick 15 times. He's probably 15 and know with whatever I demanded, he would go out and do it. I mean, you know, that, that's just the type of guy he was. How special was that moment being there in the game with him, watching him from very, the sidelines? Very special. One of the greatest players. We had great times. We had respectable ups and downs, not, not real life ups and downs, respectable ups and downs. I always tell people if we hated each other, if you go back, look at it on YouTube. First championship is 20,000 people running on the court. Who's the first guy to jump in my arms? It's him. It's a big brother, little brother situation. CEO, CEO. I got a lot of guys that work for me. We don't always agree with things, but because we have respect for each other, that's why we always win championships. Fantastic. Shaq, are you, uh, you collect, are you a card collector or no? You actually collect basketball cards or baseball cards or no? A card collector? Card? No, card. Man, man, I'm 50 years old. I don't collect no cards. You, 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 there's 80-year-olds that are selling Mickey Mantle cards. I'm a grown man, so, so don't I don't do collect cards. no cards. No. Well, there's this other grown man here who does. I was curious. I thought you, you said cars. You collect cars? I just got me a demon yesterday. Did you? 900 horsepower. Favorite? Is that your favorite car? What would you put at the top? Yeah. That's the car? No, and then I got a Ford Shelby 150. You got the truck or the actual Shelby? The truck. I got that as well. That's what I drive every day. Oh, you do? 770 horsepower, right? That's the one? I wish I was rich like you. <laughs> I was always rich like you. Man, you got a Shelby? That's awesome. Your dad's rich, dude. He always wants to know how much. I tell him more than a buck. We got money. Uh, Shaq, I got to tell you, man. I uh, Is that, before you go... Aguilara, where you at? Ooh. I met a Ricky. guy. No, another guy, Aguilar. Is that the guy that walked me in here? Yeah, there he is. Come on stage, give me a hug. Cause I was lost. I was in. I was in the MJ because I was eating dinner and I was lost. And my man you. right here, he brought me in. So by the way, it's funny. Both thanks. of these Aguilars are brothers. Both of. Oh, they're brothers. <laughs> yeah, come on up here. Both the of them Aguilar brothers. brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to tell you, thank you. Ricky Aguilar, Alejandro Aguilar. Adam, where's Adam at? The little kid that I met. Is he here? I want to and give a him a shout out. Adam, there is an Adam in Georgia, little man. Oh, a kid named Adam from Georgia. That's who I met in the back. You ready to hit the club, cuz? Let's roll. Shaq, to wrap it up, I just got a couple things I want to give you before you take off. I got, I got two gifts I want to give you. If you guys can bring Thank a you. gift up, please. By the way, how many guys really, really enjoyed the sit-down with Shaq? 
I definitely enjoyed it. All right, hang on. Not. Nah. Okay. All right, got it. Well, we got you a couple gifts. Uh, I mean, listen, there's nothing crazy we're going to get you that's going to be wild. One of them we got for you is a Laker color. You're a badass entrepreneur out there doing great things. We got you a shirt with the Laker purple and gold. And we got it your side for Excel. Hopefully this fits you. It says, I'm an entrepreneur your size. Okay, I don't know if this is going to fit you or not. Okay. All right. And since he just told me he's not a card guy, he's definitely not going to be a comic book guy. But if you're the guy, they call them Superman in the NBA, right? So we got you a Superman comic book signed. Number one? 9.8. This is not number one. That's $18 million. But it's I one know, that's. Because I have that one in my house. Do you really? Do you really? I don't know. Do I? <laughs> I don't know. Do I? There is. Come on, man. Give me a hug. Little man who I met from Georgia. Come on Adam, up, bro. Come on up. This is my kid who I met from Georgia. You want to go to the club with me and Dylan? Going to the club tonight. Actually, they got some uh, Raiderette cheerleaders at Top Golf. You want to go? Some old Raiders cheerleaders. If Let's there's roll. a person going yes, to the club, it's this guy. Thank you. Make Thank you, guys. Noise, guys. Check. Do that oh, thing Leo. one more time. Huh? Yes, you do it. Yeah. Hang on. He's going to lead the way. Not me. So you just do it. We're gonna roll. You're not going to role play. You just go like this. Oh. And then, boom. All right, cool. So All go right. five, ten seconds. They'll follow you. Ready? Thank you guys. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. So neat.